Good morning, everybody. Wow. Uh, <laughs> there's quite a few here today. That's great. It's just great to see you all, all with us this morning and welcome to you. I'd love to extend my welcome to you if, um, if this is your first time with us today. And uh, we're going to be talking about having a story that's worth telling. And I don't know about you, but I love a good story. I don't know what um, makes you uh, keep... Um, reading a book or watching a TV series or in a good film, but I do love a good story. I'm not quite um, a chick flick kind of girl. I like with a bit of meat in it, you know, a bit of substance. Um, and, uh, and I tell you what, um, if you don't consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus this morning, do you know what I've got to tell you? This is a story worth telling. This is a story worth telling. And we're going to open up some stuff this morning that looks at what it takes to have to, so that we have a story that is, is worth telling too. And um, you've picked a really great time, as Leon said, to join us, a really significant time to join us uh, as a church here today. And, and when Leon asked me to speak this morning, and, um, and normally we have a series running, but this is um, like a link one in between a series that's gone before that we've done called True North. If it's your first time with us or you, you were away over the past few weeks, I'd really encourage you, get onto the website, download the podcast and give them a listen because there's some great truth in there. That, that we need to hear and, and hear again, really. And then coming up is, is a new series that we've got on about being hungry. And so this is like a, an in-between one. And he said to me, you can speak on anything you like, Jane. Well, that to me is like me pulling on a car park with the, no other cars being on there at all. And it takes me about five spaces to find the one I eventually want to park in. See, these women are not... Because we all do it. We all do it. And, and Russ will say to my husband, go, well, you just park the car. Anywhere will do. It doesn't matter how far we've got to walk. But I can guarantee you that it will take me at least four or five spaces to find the one I'm going to leave it in. I'd much prefer to have two to choose from and bang you in, aren't we, ladies? But give us a freedom of choice and it's all over. And uh, so this morning, I'm putting something out there. It's a bit of an apology, really, is that actually you're going to get a few of my car park spaces this morning. Hopefully, we'll, we'll find something useful or you'll find something useful out of what I'm saying. But we're all, it's all on the same car park, so it'll all link together anyway. But um, over the past few weeks, I've been thinking a lot about story. You know, our stories are church, our stories are community here, um, and also my individual story and my journey, really. And there are so many stories that fill the pages of our lives, aren't there? You know, so many things that we can talk about, some we can be really proud of, and that we tell and tell and tell again. And, uh, and if you're anything like, um, when I listen to people's stories, they change a little bit as they, they make it, you know, there were seven crocodiles, and there were 24 crocodiles, and oh, it was a mountain in the crocodiles those sort of stories which I love hearing but then there's some stories actually maybe we're not so proud of and we skip over and uh, but I just want to assure you this morning that my heart is that we would all have a story that is worth telling and this church continues to have a story that is worth telling to a real page turner and that can happen you know when we let God start to write on the book of our lives and if you know Jesus this morning you'll know that be true and you'll testify to that to be true when Jesus has taken that pen and written something into the story of your life and we're going to look at a couple of bible um, stories this morning um, which have some real truth in us about this um, but we're going to start in a verse in Hebrews that um, 
yeah, Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. And if you've not got a Bible with you, that's absolutely fine because the words will come up on the screen for you to follow. But this is really what kick-started my thinking off on this whole topic of having a story worth telling. So Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And here's the bit, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, think on him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, here's a page-turning story. This is a story that has been lived out well, and now we have the responsibility of telling it well. And I hope we can do that together this morning. And then one day, we may look back at this season of our lives and have a story worth telling about this. But that word pioneer is a really interesting word, isn't it? Um, Often in other translations, it says that fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. But in this translation, it mentioned the word pioneer, and that really stuck out to me. And it makes me think of the Wild West. You know, when the, the wagon trains used to go out, and um, you'd, uh, you'd have those Wild West films that, that you used to watch, and these people would really go out across the United States. And um, also makes things of all those John Wayne films my mum made me sit through when I was a child. And he made a lot, you know, that guy. All the same character, all the same story, but there was something in it about capturing an adventuring spirit. And they led the way. And these people are quite typical of the pictures that you see around pioneers, you know, uncharted territories, investigating every valley, climbing every mountain, you know, crossing every desert, you know, facing whatever foes face them in the lands they found themselves in. True adventurers. And then I do what every good um, speaker does. They go to the dictionary and they look up the words. And, uh, and so I looked at what pioneer actually meant. And this is what the dictionary tells us that it means. A pioneer is a person who is among one of the first to enter or settle in a region. And here's the bit that really struck me. Opening it for occupation and development by others. Opening it for occupation and development by others. And we're going to come back to that in a moment. But after pioneers came this group of people that the world will refer to as settlers. And they established the community, they established their families, they raised them there, they pitched their tents, then they erected their homes, built towns and began settlements. And I've heard many people talk about pioneers and settlers over over my life being a Christian and about running for a pioneer spirit and holding on to that sense of adventure and going for the new and, and, you know, really pushing out for new territory and don't be a settler, don't stay back, don't stay where you are. I know there's some truth in that. Actually, what I want to suggest to you is that if we continue to pioneer something and nobody moves into the space we have made, then eventually that space will just go back to how it was before. It'll just go back to the wasteland or whatever it was before. And so what we need, the two things to work in tandem together. And um, I was thinking about flight. And um, you heard of Leonardo da Vinci. We all know who he is, yeah? Mr. Da Vinci, great artist, great painter. Um, Well, he envisioned that flight could be possible centuries before it actually happened. And you can see his manuscripts and things that he's drawn in and scribbled in. You know, his first things about a helicopter could possibly work. And so in his head, he saw really clearly how flight could be made possible. The problem was, the difference was, 
He didn't have the means or the understanding to make what he was drawing come off the page and actually fly. So he could see it, he'd drawn it, he didn't have the knowledge to actually make the thing work. So then a few hundred years later, you get other guys trying to, trying to do some stuff. And I only knew this because I Googled it, really. And, um, and the whole thing about flight. And so a few hundred years later, you get a guy called Otto Lilenthal who invented gliders that could fly but were unpowered. And then this other guy followed him called Samuel Langley who actually gave the gliders the power. And then came the people we all know 10 years later, the famous Wright brothers. But they knew what had been done before, but they knew it hadn't had a meaningful goal. And if you wanted to hang glide at the mercy of the wind and just go where, you, where the wind wanted to take you, that was great job done. But if you wanted people on planes that could be steered to specific locations, that was still a thing that needed to be conquered. And I want to suggest to you this morning, guys, that the Wright brothers weren't pioneers because they created the first plane, because they built the first plane. They were pioneers because they could control that plane. They could control where it was going. And out of that has come one of the biggest industries that we all benefit from today. We all benefit from today. I most of us, if not all of us, have actually been on a plane that has been steered by somebody that knows where it's going. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Unless you're in Storm Doris over the last couple of days, and I would not want you to be on that one that was trying to get into Manchester. I must admit, I'm not a great traveller, and that would have been the worst for me. But from something that was seen centuries ago in somebody else's mind, we're now living in that truth and reality. Amen. And that this church was started by such pioneers. And if it's your first time here today, this church has a great story with great people. People of faith, adventurous for God. People who planted a settlement where there wasn't one. And saw other people then come and occupy that. In fact, we are those people. And you have now become one of those people through stepping through the doors this morning. And in the new church location that we're going to have that was on the screens in Hagley, you know, that is, that is this church going out again and pioneering to a new place to open it up for development and settlement by other people. Other people that we hope haven't, un- haven't met or haven't encountered Jesus Christ yet. We want them to have the, you know, the knowledge and the information about what it is to be in a relationship with him. And they're going to make into reality what we've only been talking about as a possibility. And that's the difference between having a vision and being a pioneer. Is making something a reality that we've only seen in our minds. So what do we need to have a story worth telling this morning? What, what components do we need to make it have that real impact? And when people look back on our time from the future, what will they say about our journey? Will it be a, how did they let that happen? Why didn't they continue with that? Why did they stop? Or will it be, how did they pull that off? How did they pull that off? You know, how do we live a life that produces what we want to tell? And we all have those let me tell you about stories, don't we? Let me tell you about a time when. And I love hearing those. I love hearing my family talk about our past, our ancestors, because I love knowing what's made me me. Because story has power. Story has power. And if you sit here this morning and you just reflect over your life and look back at some parts of your story, you'll probably see many seemingly insignificant decisions that have had a significant impact on your life. Seemingly insignificant decisions that have had a significant impact on your life. What do you mean? Well, some of you may have decided to go out one Saturday night and you just think you're hanging out with a few friends and then you catch the eye of somebody who's there and you're still sitting by them this morning because 25 years on, you're still married to them. (laughs) You put your hand up then, Mike. (laughs) 
And that's what happened to me. I, I went to see a university band, and little did I know, there was Russ playing the bass, and I didn't know 25 years later we'd be married. And just from a small, insignificant decision that I made just to go out that night, or maybe you changed studies at school and you dropped a subject and changed another one, and now you're in an in incredible career that you never thought you were going to have because you made that decision. And those insignificant choices that we make have significant impact on our lives. But the truth is the other flip side of the coin is true as well, isn't it? Sometimes stories we have aren't always positive. And we can look back and think, oh, I wish I'd never started that. Oh, I don't know how I let that have such a hold in my life. I don't know how I ended up here. But either way, this statement is true, guys. The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. So how do we start? And there are four things I'm going to quickly fly through this morning that I think may give us a story worth telling. Number one is we actually have to start. We actually have to start a story. And we have that opportunity today to start a story that we want to tell. And it could be that this is your first time here today and your starting could be, do you know what, I'm going to give it a go next Sunday. It wasn't half as bad as I thought it was going to be. In fact, it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. And you know what? I might just come back next week and give it a go. And we'd love it if you did that. We would love to see you again here next Sunday if you're not attending somewhere else, obviously. But we need to start. We need to, maybe there's disciplines we need to add back into our lives. You know, there are things in our lives which create positive momentum. And when we stop doing them, it has the opposite effect. It actually creates negative momentum for us. And either way, these things have impact. So what do you need to start today? What discipline? What will allow you to have a story worth telling later? It could be to change some priorities. Something to help your marriage, maybe. Something to help you with the pressure of work you may feel. Maybe you start having more time with your family. It may even be making church a real part of your life. But who is the only person that can make that start? And that's me. And that's you. And that's an opportunity that we have this morning. That's starting. Number two is stopping. Do you know what? It's never too late to edit your story. It's never too late to have a bit of a rewrite. It's never too late to have something else added on. Because my story and your story is way not finished yet. Is way not finished yet. And I've been reading this great book by a guy called Andy Stanley. And it's called The Principle of the Path. And basically, I can sum up the whole book in this one statement that he made. And it's this. Direction, not intention determines destination direction not intention determines destination and I wish I'd come up with that I really really wish I'd come up with that not because I want to be clever and not because I want to sound really super intellectual but because just that one statement would have changed some outcomes in my life that one statement would have changed some outcomes in my life the direction my story was moving in because the way I'm living will ultimately tell my story the way I'm living will ultimately tell my story. It's not about what I intended to do or what I intended to say, but what I am actually doing. And Andy, Andy in his book actually encourages us to ask this question. I'm going to ask it of you this morning. And the question is this. If I continue down this road, where will I end up? If I continue down this road, where will I end up? What story will I tell? If I continue to make these decisions, what will my story look like and that's a great question to ask whether you would count yourself a Christian this morning or not is where will, I, will my life end up if I keep making this choice if I keep going down this road 
And there's a conversation that happens in the Bible between a guy called Moses, who you may have heard of, and his father-in-law. And uh, the the conversation is recorded for us. And I'm just going to read a little bit out of what that conversation was this morning. And it's in Exodus 18. And it starts in verse 17. And and Moses' father-in-law starts with a corking first line. And this is it. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. Well, there's a good way of getting my attention. What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and we'll stop it there. Man, if I'd listened to every piece of advice I'd been given, my life would have been amazing. But I tell you what, when my father-in-law comes to me and says, what you're doing is not good and listen to me, I'm going to tell you how to do it. I wonder how we react when people come to us and say those kind of things into our lives. What Moses' father-in-law was saying is, if you don't stop Moses, you end up killing yourself because of how you're working or how you're living. It's a great piece of advice. And the good news is that Moses actually listened. And I wish I could tell you this morning that I'd listened to loads of stuff, but I haven't. And I didn't. But now I like to think that I actually do a little bit more. How do we handle people who say what you're doing isn't good? Maybe it's a mindset or a habit or an attitude and it's affecting your story. Is there something you know you need to stop this morning? Just play that forward in your head. As Mr Stanley would suggest, play it forward in your head. Where is this going to lead to? Direction, not intention, determines destination. So that 40 a day you keep smoking, that junk food you keep eating... The parties you keep going to, maybe you're working 60 hours a week. Maybe you keep doing things you haven't been caught out on yet. Maybe other of us need to stop things internally that aren't helpful. Maybe criticism, how you even talk about ourselves. Maybe the fact that we're too quick to pull other people down. Maybe we're holding grudges. How about we're so self-absorbed sometimes? How about putting your mobile phone down for those 21 hours it's glued to your ear out of 24 How about not sharing the whole of our lives across social media because when it's not helpful? How about stop spending time with those people we know aren't good for us to spend time with? If you're writing the wrong story today, you can stop. Right here, right now. The third thing is that we can choose to stay. And the reality is, isn't it, that during our lives we come up against challenges and obstacles where it really would be easier to to, to not just, to to not stay in the moment, but to actually run away even, to actually leave it all behind, to quit. You know, maybe you're in a job you feel you can't endure anymore, or maybe you're in a relationship you think isn't worth staying in. It may even be a dream that you think, this is just never going to happen, Jane. I've been on it and on it and on it, and it just never is going to happen. And you've got a decision to make. Do I stay? Or do I walk away? Do I stay or do I walk away? I want to just want to say firstly, though, there are things that we need to, to run away from. There are things that we need not to stay with, especially if they've got the potential to cause you harm. And I'm not talking about those things this morning, so please hear me right. I'm talking about those things where you would say, oh, I'm so tempted to quit on this. I'm so tempted to quit on this. And there's a great story in the Bible about a woman called Ruth. 
And it's a really, really short book in the Old Testament. If you've never read it, I encourage you. Take it 20 minutes to read. But there's some really great truths in this story. And it's a real story worth telling. And the basic background is um, there's a, a woman called Naomi and her husband dies. And then her two sons die, which leave Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws on their own. And this was more than a tragedy because in those days, women couldn't really work. And so they had no way of getting an income for themselves and they had no man at all to look after them. And so Naomi says to her daughter-in-laws, go home, go back to your family, go back to the community that you know. I'm going back to my home and I release you. You may go back to be with your family. And that's what Orpah did. She said, great to know you, Naomi. Thanks for all your help and support. I'm paraphrasing now. And, uh, and she went back to her family. And do you know what? That wasn't a bad choice. That wasn't a bad choice. It wasn't a bad thing to do. It was the logical thing to do, actually. But Ruth said this, and it's going to come up on the screen. In Ruth 1, 16 to 17, it says, But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. And may the Lord deal with me be ever so severely if even death separates you and me. What was Ruth saying? Even though it makes sense to go, I'm deciding to stay. Even though it makes sense to go, I'm deciding today. And she does. And if you want to know how the story turns out, it's an awesome story. Just please read the book. But some incredible truths in there. But the important message out of this story this morning is this, that Ruth stayed committed to the commitment. She stayed committed to the commitment. And when we commit to things, and when I commit to things, I often commit to them as the land lies now. How it looks to me now. The beauty I see now. How everything works now. And I commit because of the other people that might be doing it as well. You know, well, so-and-so's doing it. Oh, I'll join up to that. I'll give that a bit of a go. Yeah, I'll, I'll get involved with that with you. And the buzz of something new, I commit to. I love the buzz of something new. I love the excitement that's around and how things go. But how many of you know landscapes change and the ground moves under our feet really quickly? And maybe it gets a little bit colder and darker at night and it's raining and I really don't want to go out and do that work with you. Or maybe somebody I like leaves and moves on to go and do something else and gets involved in another project somewhere or some other job. Or maybe I get asked to do a job I don't feel I signed up for. Didn't mention this to me in the small print, that I'd be doing this. And maybe you're feeling like quitting on something today. You could even be considering quitting on God or even quitting on this church. Maybe, maybe your feelings have been hurt in some way. Not coming anymore to this stupid church thing. It's a waste of time. Don't know why you keep going. And that will probably happen. You'll probably have that thought and those feelings because church isn't perfect because I'm here. And church isn't perfect because you're here. And if we can understand that and we can get that straight in our minds, it's so, so it'll save us from a shed load of trouble. Because God wants us to be committed to the commitment. God wants me to be committed to the commitment I made to him. And if I agree to do something and I agree to sign up for something, I'm not signing up with that thing there. I'm signing up for him. I'm signing up to work with him. 
And there is something I think that we lose in this world today about staying committed to a commitment. A digging in there. Rooting ourselves in and seeing the thing through. Choosing to stay committed to the commitment. And something's happening in our lives, guys, and I can't explain why they happen. I don't know why some things have happened in my life and in my family, the same as it will be in yours. But I do know this one thing to be true, that God has never left me, God has never abandoned me, and he's always walked through the thing with me. Because he's committed to the commitment. And I have to say to God sometimes, though this doesn't make any sense to me at all, I'm choosing to stay. I'm choosing to stay. And is that you this morning? It could be. Where does God want you to stay the course when it would be easier to walk away? And finally, the fourth thing we have to do is we can go. We can go. One of the saddest feelings in, the, in my life, I think, are the times that I know I should have gone for something. I know I should have stepped out into something. And for whatever reason, I didn't. For whatever reason, I didn't do that. It's like a part of my story that's remained unwritten. But I tell you what, with God, there's always part of my story to be written. And I ask myself, looking back on this, so what kept me from, from doing something? What kept me from going to do something new or taking that first step and moving out? You know, was it fear? Is it insecurity? Is it not sure how it will work out? And I have to be honest with you, as somebody who's, who counts themselves a Christian this morning, probably isn't any of those things. It was my faith. It was my faith. And if you read a lot in the, if some stuff in the Bible, there's a great chapter in Hebrews 11 where it lists a whole group of people that did things. And after everything, it's got by faith. By faith he did. By faith she did. By faith he did. By faith she did. So if God calls people to go in his word, like Abraham, and they go by faith, how am I going to go? By faith. How is the launch team in Hangley going to go? They're going to go by faith. Because you don't need faith to see the whole journey. You just need to have the faith to start. Have the faith to take the first step. And you could say to me, well, Jen, I don't know how to do that. How do we do that? I suppose the easiest way I could think of to do this is to explain it like this. Have you ever made a promise to God which is something like this? God, when I turn this exam paper over, please let there be a question on it I can answer. And you have my life forever. Please let there be something on here I understand. Not just my name. I promise God I will get out of bed early every morning and spend half an hour with you. Have you ever done that one? Here's one I'm going to confess to you. God, please let the Albion win today. If you let the Albion win today, I will go to all three services tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know what? I remember going to Wembley with my dad and saying, <laughs> literally sitting in Wembley, the old Wembley, and going, God, please let us get back to the first division. And you have my life. <laughs> I will travel the ends of the earth. We've all prayed stuff like that, haven't we? We've all prayed stuff like that. And you can put your own interpretation on what that might be. But the truth is those promises don't change me at all. Because what changes me are the promises God has made to me. Not the promises I make to God. And that's why we're so hot on trying to get you and trying to encourage you to read the Bible. 
and to get into it, whether you want to listen to it on audio or, or you know, wh- whatever works for you, is to, is to get into it. Because how do we know what promises God has made if we don't know what they are? You know, I can be so fickle. And God knows that. But you know what? He isn't this morning. And you can stand on his promises this morning, whatever you need. There is something of God that can help you in your story. And when you look back, and it may even be from this morning, you'll be able to say, do you know what? There was a time when, there was a time when, there was a moment when, there was an opportunity when, there was an insignificant decision I seemed to make when, and God wrote something incredible into my story. So what am I saying this morning? I'm saying I want to have a story worth telling to you. That's what I'm saying this morning, guys. I want to have a story worth telling to you. And we're going to make a response to that. And we invite the band to come back. And we're going to just reflect on, on the four things that I've said, basing it around that verse that we started back in, in Hebrews, where it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Loads of promises fulfilled right there in those three lines. So do you need to start something this morning? Maybe you need to start again. Maybe you need to add something back in that you know because you've not been doing it hasn't had that great an effect on your life. Do you need to stop something? Do you need to throw something off? It's never too late to edit your story. Never. Never too late. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. Do you need to stay? Do you need to remain committed to a commitment that you've made somewhere? And however that looks like for you. And finally, is God calling you to step out? Is he calling you to go somewhere? Is he calling you to pioneer again? Is he calling you to take that first step, which is, you know what? I don't know how this is going to go. I can't see the end, but I've got the faith to start. You know, that famous quote that says, you know, you can't walk on water unless you get out of the boat. And it can sound really trite and cheesy, but you know what? Trite and cheesy can be truth too. And so this morning, as we just sing a final song together, you may have noticed there's some cards on the table that are saying, you know, um, start, stop, stay and go. And as we sing the final song, I want you to come out and just pick up a card that is most connected with you this morning. I want you to go home and bang it on your fridge or on a cupboard and just remember what you're saying this morning. You don't need to tell anybody why you've picked that card. Just pick the one that, that actually means most to you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray for us all together. But, but just say to God, is there something you want me to start? Do I need to stop something? Do you want me to stay committed to something? Or are you calling me out on the first step of something again? And you may be reaffirming something to God. You may already be doing that process. But just to say to God, I'm still in it. I'm still with it with you. I'm still walking with you. We're going to do this thing together. So just as we sing this song, when you feel able, when you feel prompted, please just come out and take a card and take it back to your seat. And we'll see what God wants to do. Thank you. Okay, guys, so this is between you and God now. You know why you picked up that card. 
stepping out from your seat was a step too far, just pick one up on your way past. You know, you can still make that commitment and that prayer with God this morning. And even if you would don't count this as, as your church, your place of worship, and God has spoken to you, please, please feel free to come and take a card too. So this is between you and God. I want you to hold that card in your hand. And I'm just going to pray for us this morning. And this is your, your deal with God. So Father, I want to thank you that you want us to have a story worth telling. That Father, you want to write and edit and change and steer and guide, Father, where we go, what we do, how we do it. But Father, we need to do it with you. So God, for those people that need to start something this morning, Father, that need to add something back into their lives, that need to get some positive momentum going with something, Father, would you help them do that this morning? Would you help them seal that decision that they've made? That whatever they have started, God, they would continue that through with you. And for those, Father, that have picked up, they need to stop some things. Father, I just pray for the courage and the boldness to do that. That, Father, if there's changes that need to be made, Father, we know that one prayer and one card isn't going to make that choice. But, Father, it makes the start of a decision process. Father, would you take them and would you lead them in a way of making that part of their family and part of their life. Father, for those that need to stay and are struggling with staying committed to a commitment, God, would you make it really clear? Father, would you come beside them? Would you walk with them? Father, would you help them remember why they made the commitment in the first place? That it was never to a process in that sense. It was never to a place, not even to probably the person that was standing next to maybe, but Father, it was to you. And Father, your commitment to us is still the same as it was the first time that we met you. And God, for those that are being called to go, that are being called to step out, that are being called to move into new places, God, I pray for boldness. Father, I pray for courage. Father, for those people. Father, to make that step out. Father, we don't need to know the end. We just need to have the faith to start. And you will add the rest of it in as we go. And so, Father, wherever we are with you this morning, we just want to say that we just want to follow you. We just want to follow you in what you're doing. Help us, Lord God, I pray, to remember why we picked this up, to put it somewhere where we can see, so we can be reminded, Father, of what you want to do in our lives, that we can not just be a community that has a story worth telling, but we can be individuals that has a page-turning story that honours you. In Jesus' name, amen.